When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. It's back-to-back victories as Nebraska beats Louisiana Tech 28-14. This is our Louisiana Tech reaction episode. Tyler, Derek, how's it going? Oh, it's great to do this after back-to-back wins. Absolutely. Derek? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're winning. We don't get right? wins we're, very often. <laughs> we're back to 500. Yeah. I mean, there's you got to be happy. I mean, was it the game we expected? Absolutely not. But it's a win. Yeah, a lot of ups and downs in that game. It wasn't pretty. We had a weather delay in there, but uh, we got it done. So, uh, Tyler, your overall thoughts on the game. I mean, it was largely a lot what I expected, Derek. I mean, I think you mentioned it wasn't the game we expected. I mean, our offense did what our offense was going to do. They ran the ball, and no passing game to be heard of. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in a little bit. Defense played overall a good game, uh, probably not as good as we've seen them play, certainly in a couple of the other contests, but still overall a really good game. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of what you were expecting. So let's get right into the offense here, because uh, let's let's start with the rushing uh, offense. Uh, Derek, your thoughts on the run game that Nebraska showed? A lot of yards. Give us the stats there. Yeah, we had 312 yards rushing, an average of 6.5 yards per rush. We ran it 48 times, uh, three touchdowns, and really it should have been five touchdowns because we had two touchdowns called back. Uh, I. Look, guys, it's th- this is what everybody this is what everybody's clamoring for. Run the damn ball, right? And I don't know what to tell people. Tyler's going to bitch about the the passing offense, and that's fine. It's a, it's a fair point. But here's the thing: we're not going to have 300 yards rushing and 300 yards passing. It's just not going to happen. Do we want more than 107? Sure, but I, I'll settle for any game that we're rushing for over 300 yards. Well, I mean, I, I think the first thing is, uh, before I get to the passing, I mean, you're right, Derek. We're running the ball great. Um, Anthony Grant looked really good running the ball. He was exactly, he looked today on, or he looked on Saturday 
to look exactly like the running back I was hoping or expected him coming to the season. Harbor continues to impress me with the way he runs the football. Um, you know, again, it's been it's been a while since we've had two guys with over 100 yards rushing in the game. Yeah, and and again, Harbor could have gone for 200. I mean, if he doesn't get that one called back, he goes for over 200. If Anthony Grant doesn't get his called back, he goes for 180. I mean, so I mean, we could have ended the day very easily with 400 yards rushing. Uh, I I think my frustration is with some of the Husker fans complaining about the play calling of Satterfield. And anytime he threw the ball, people were like clamoring, like, what is he doing throwing the football? I mean, what do you, I mean, he's throwing for under 20 attempts a game. We're the most run heavy team probably in the country. I was trying to find that stat on percentages, but we're, we're running the ball 60, 70% of the time. I mean, it is unheard of the ratio we're doing. So, yeah, I mean, no complaints there. Tyler, you're locked up there. <laughs> Derek, I don't know. Tyler, are you back? I'm, I, my internet cut there, but yeah. No, I was just saying I'm happy with how we're I'm, – I'm happy with the overall play calling there. All right, Derek? I, I, I don't care about the play calling so much. I, I, want, I want this staff to do – what gives us the best chance of winning. And right now it appears that running the ball is what gives us the best chance to win. So just run it. I, I enjoy watching the pass. I think it's more exciting to watch than watching running game. But at the end of the day, I, I want to win games a lot more, and I want to see an exciting offense. I want to see this defense. We'll talk about defense later. I want to see this defense continue to improve. And I want to see the offense continue to run the ball, if that's what's going to give us the best chance of winning. I guess my point on the pat, the, the play calling is – I think you have to throw some passes in there to try to get some confidence in that. Because at some point in the game season, we're not going to be able to run the football. And, and hopefully that day doesn't come anytime soon. But it might be coming in about six days against Michigan where we're going to have to find something else to be able to generate some offense. So let's talk about more about the running game. Uh, in this game here... We finally have a running back carry the ball more times than the quarterback. Anthony Grant had 22 carries. Harburg had 19 carries. There was very little out of the running back room after Anthony Grant. Emmett Johnson, he had a few snaps and a couple of carries for six yards. But the situation behind Anthony Grant is pretty darn dire at this point, right? Would, would you guys agree? I, I I would and I you know my bold I mean, prediction was I thought Emmett Johnson was going to get a touchdown I thought we'd see a little bit more of him I didn't know what we would see but I thought he'd look okay he would you thought and Emmett Johnson I thought he would okay? I thought he would oh, I don't know how okay. I don't know how you even take away an assessment for what you thought Emmett Johnson looked like I mean he had in the game he had so few touches um, he ended the day with two carries on the day like I mean he was not existent so I don't know how you can evaluate did he look good or did he not I mean so I guess when I say it's dire because the coaches don't even trust uh the bat your number two backup right now uh with any case I will say this it does not look good when Timmy Bleakroat has your third most rushing yards (laughs) yeah (laughs) no doubt and what a crazy play that was that was. And then, and then behind him was Billy Kemp with one run. So for the listeners that did not see the game uh, or 
know what we're talking about. It was a fake field goal attempt where Timmy Bleak rode. He was the holder. Uh, he took the snap and he just darted in and got lost in between some <laughs> some uh, linemen there. And he, scat- he uh, scattered and he got 10 yards on the play. Got the first down. The blocking great. on that play, that blocking on that play was phenomenal. Yeah, it was great. So that that was great. But back to the running back situation. I, you know, after seeing Tyler Lubin a couple of weeks ago, I thought we would have seen a little bit more of Tyler Lubin. I don't know if he got any snaps. I, I don't believe he did, but I would have expected him to have a little bit of a role. But I don't know what we're going to do there at the running back. I mean, we I, are an injury away from really bad, bad. Which is why I'm with Tyler here and the fact that I think we should have seen Emmett Johnson with a few more carries. Like, maybe you don't trust him, but he's not going to build any confidence giving him the ball two times a game. And right now, he's he's it. Like, that's your second guy right, right now. We don't have, unless Quentin Ives decided, comes out and learns a playbook enough to overtake him. It, it's Emmett Johnson. Now, I don't have a problem with Emmett Johnson. I think he's probably a good player, or probably will be a good player at some point. Uh, but I, I think you have to at least, especially in this particular game, I think you needed to give him some carries yeah, to give him some confidence. This was, this was your opportunity because the schedule is only going to get tougher. We're only going to play tougher defenses from here on out. And uh, that if he's not quite ready for the big time, he needs to get ready quick. It's an it's unfor- it's an unfortunate event for him. I mean, it is. It, su- it sucks that he's getting thrown into this situation, but he's in it, and the staff needs to do something to prepare him, and he needs to work his ass off to get prepared for it. Tyler, what do you think of offensive line play in this game? I think in the run game, I think they're they continue to improve. I think that is definitely a strength. I mean, last year. We were getting hit consistently on runs in the backfield. Um, and, and this, they only had, I believe, not counting the Jeff Sims run that didn't go anywhere, one negative play. I mean, uh, Anthony Grant had four losses, four yards for losses on the game. So overall, I think the offensive line has done improved in the run blocking. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we'll get the pass pro in a little bit, but that is a struggle right now. But run block, I think they're doing what they are expected to do. Uh, so, all right. I, 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 the only thing I can go off, because I'm not a good offensive line guy. I'm not a good person to sit here and watch the offensive line and see how they play. It's not my strong suit. So what I, I all I can go off of is the PFF grades. And what I will tell you is the offensive line graded out phenomenal in the, in the run block. I mean... Everybody was over a 70 outside of Turner Corcoran, who still was at a 66. So he was still above average. Everybody else graded out well. Uh, man, I, Teddy Perhaska, he's got to come in for for, for this uh, tackle position, I think. I mean, that dude graded out at a 81 for run blocking and a, almost a 70 in pass pro. Graded out as a 91 overall. So, I mean, obviously he's doing something right, but unfortunately he was only in for 13 snaps. So, do you guys believe that Corcoran is legitimately beating uh, Prohaska out at uh, left tackle, like, during the week uh, at practice? Because Prohaska, he's only getting put into, like, these special packages 
to uh, be brought I, in for? I'll say this. I don't know. But I, I think at some point you have to look at what he's doing when he is playing in the games and realize that he's doing better than Corcoran. And at least at least give him a chance. But So so my argument is kind of where Justin's hitting. If you look at the snaps that he's getting in on, like he isn't coming in to just relieve Corcoran. Like he isn't getting a series and looking good. He's coming in on, hey, we're bringing in another lineman. And yeah. then he gets it. And yeah, so I, I guess he's doing well in that sort, but that's not the same as being your left tackle. But is it time to make a change there? I mean, I think we're approaching that point. I mean, because Corcoran's pass pro is, it, it's not because of what Prosca's doing, Derek. I guess you're giving me a face like I, I'm contradicting myself. It has nothing to do with what Teddy's doing. He, I don't think he's done anything that. Yeah, it has to everything to do with what Corcoran's doing. Yes. And Corcoran's not doing well. He, I, he's not. And I don't like to be that way. And I. I I still think Corker is probably better suited inside than outside. But at this point, I'm like, hey, just put Corker on a bench for a while. And at least see what Prohaska can do. Yeah, at least I'm a series. At least they, a series. I'm shocked that they don't rotate there. I mean, they do rotate linemen, but they're, they're not rotating. The, only, the only lineman that's getting rotated out is New Ely. Yeah. And he's getting rotated out with, with Lutovsky. Other than that, everybody's staying. All the rest of the linemen are staying in pretty much for the whole game. And but I but I do want to say this. Kudos to Bryce Benhart. He has become one of our most consistent and probably best linemen after everybody was writing him off for the last few years. Yeah. No doubt. You rarely complain about Benhart anymore. Like he's doing good things. I, I so kudos to that guy. Do you remember in I think it was fall camp when Matt Rule was just praising Benhart and he said that he Bryce Benhart is a Sunday guy, and everybody scoffed and laughed at that notion there. But, yeah, yeah he he definitely has turned it around in his Nebraska career, and thank God he has this year because we needed it this year. Yeah. But, yeah, good for him. Uh, so as we segue into the passing, I mean, Tyler, you, you do want to talk about, we're already talking about offensive line anyway. If you want to talk about pass protection here, go for it. Well, I mean, I, I, I posed this question to a few people, but when you look at the passing game, what is the worst part of the passing game right now? Is it the quarterback play or is it the pass protection? Because it could go either way. And I, I, I guess I'd probably give the lean to quarterback play, but that pass protection is giving no chance for anything to develop down the field. It, it is... I mean, we, we're getting bull rush. We're getting outstunned. It, it, it's clearly a weakness. And, and again, and again, I'll go back to PFF grades because that's all. Again, I'm, I'm just not good at why. I'm more of a watch the ball guy than a watch where the ball's coming from kind of guy. So, but you look at what the past grades. I mean, Ben Hart graded a 70.8. Ethan Piper graded out at an 85. Uh, ben Scott had a little bit of a rough day. He gave up two sacks in a hurry. Corcoran gave up one sack and three hurries. And those two graded out terribly. 34.7 and a zero, as Tyler mentioned early on Corcoran. Uh, but Nuili, he graded out at an 83 in pass pro. Lutovsky was not very good. He only got a 10. But, I mean, I, I, out of most of your starters, three of them are grading out really well. Yeah, two of them it's, were it, very poor. And two of them are very poor. And so, 
I guess I don't know quite what to read out of that. I mean, obviously Ben Scott's our center. We're not going to, I don't think we, I don't think Justin Evan Jenkins is quite ready to be our starting center. And he's the backup to Ben Scott. I, I do think that we could be a little bit better with Teddy Prohaska out there than Corcoran, though. So according to Husker Online, uh, Harburg was pressured on nine of his 22 dropbacks. So uh, he was blitzed 10 times, pressured on nine of those. So I don't know. I think there's uh, it goes a little bit both ways. The offensive line isn't playing well. Harburg definitely did not have a good uh, game passing the ball this time around. Uh, he was a lot better the week before. I will, I will say this about Harburg. I thought he got better as the game went on. He is, he started off really trashy. I mean, yeah. it, it was pretty bad. But I did think he got better as the game went on. He was 8 for 17 for 107 yards. And there was a point where he was like 3 for 9 or something like that. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he, he, got, he did get better. And it still wasn't great. He, I mean, he had some really bad throws in there, too. He had some bad misses. Really bad throws. He, but he also had two or three passes that were really, really good, too. Well, I mean, the, the Fedoni catch to for a touchdown was a really good play call. It was really good execution, good pass block. And that was a bad throw. It was it was bad. That was a bad pass. But 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 it, but I guess where Harburg where I kind of was going through, but that was a, you know, a, a 29-yard touchdown. 19 of that was. was a rushing uh, yards after completion. I mean, on the day we had 47 uh, and, and, yards completion. Here, so over 40% of our passing yards came after the players caught the ball. It, it, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Like, if Fedoni wasn't 18 feet tall, he would have never caught that touchdown pass. No, I mean, and so it, it, it's, I think we're four games in, guys. I think we know what this offense is. The, 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 the hope, and I, and I had the hope again. I was like, maybe this week Harburg takes a step forward in the passing game, his second start. And he didn't. I just think we're at this situation where I don't know how we're going to get passing yards. Uh, the, there's three teams worse than Nebraska right now in passing yards per game. Two are service academies, and one is ULM, uh, Louisiana Monroe. Thank you, Derek, wow. for telling me that. I mean, it's just it's it's abysmal. Uh, I didn't know who you. Well, I, I, I'll tell you one thing: you need to do is you need to get Fedoni the ball more. And I, that guy's turned into a playmaker, right? I know I was a little hard on him to start the season with his lack of experience and his injuries, but he just caught his third touchdown in three game in, in, in third in a row, third game in a row catching a touchdown pass, and that's the first time that's happened since two thousand eight with Mike McNeil. Well, so and not only that, but he has three touchdowns on the season already, which already ties the most we've had since twenty eighteen, who was Jack Stoll. And the only other player that's caught, that's caught more than him in in this amount of time was uh, Kyler Reed back in 2010, where he had eight in the season. Well, so I think you're in the situation, and it's very it's very very feasible that Fedoni could have more than that. 100 at this point. Well, I I think right now you look at this passing te- the the weapons on the outside, and you say Billy Kemp is at, at least what you expected him to be, at least what I expected him to be. I don't maybe a little bit better than I expected, but he he's good. He's fine. Fedoni is doing pretty well, and then it's kind of the similar situation. A lot of it is like, well, then who else is going to step step up? Marcus Washington hasn't really stepped up. None of the young guys are getting playing time. 
I mean, you're kind of left with Alex Bullock hey, and... Malachi Coleman started the game. Yeah, so did Tommy Hill. But, I mean, then uh, you never saw them after the, <laughs> the opening series, really. Yeah, I, mean, I think Malachi Coleman was credited with five snaps. Yeah, five snaps. So what, what's he doing out there starting if you're not going to keep him out? I, I, that, that blows me away. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, I, I saw, so I was reading on th- an on three article, and they were talking about Fedoni. And under Sims, Fedoni had one target and zero completions in the first two games. Under With Harburg, he's had 13 targets, 84 yards, and three touchdowns. So, I mean, so, I mean as, as much as everybody wants to complain about Harburg, at least he's getting it to the probably our best playmaker in the passing game. Yeah. So, passing-wise... Uh, I'm just going to do a little bit of a quarterback comparison here between Jeff Simpson and Harburg. So each, each one has two games uh, underneath their belt. Granted, Jeff Sims may have been, uh, his games might have been a little bit tougher, a little bit. But if you look at uh, the running, if you compare the two running, Tyler, who do you think is a better runner? Harburg. that you've seen him. Harburg? I mean, Harburg is clearly a better runner. Derek? Yeah, I, yeah, you have to go Harburg. I mean, <laughs> I I gotta say this though, when he had that seventy-five yard touchdown return or get brought back from the holding, I think he still ended up with like thirty-seven yards on that play. Watching him out of breath was like, I don't know that I can recall seeing a football player be as out of breath as he looks when he after he gets done running those long runs. He run. I mean, he runs so darn hard. I mean, he's pulling away from DBs though. I mean, he oh, is yeah. definitely he's, he's fast. He's definitely I mean, faster. Remember that was the that was the thing. It was like Jeff Sims is a better runner. No, no, he's not. He's not be, a better runner than Harburg. Being a guy who don't like running, who don't like being out of breath, I feel his pain. Like I'm sitting here watching him <laughs> going, God dang, and then to have it come back, like oh Jesus. Then you gotta go back out there and try and do it again. And I, I felt bad for the guy, but. What whatever, uh, he yeah he's definitely the better runner I think. Uh, it, it's it was hard to imagine because I never in a hundred years would have thought I'd be saying that Henrik Harburg was a better runner than Jeff Sims, uh, especially when we, we remember, I, I don't know if you guys remember this but when we recruited Henrik Harburg, the knock on Harburg was the fact that he couldn't run the ball. He wasn't Adrian Martinez. He couldn't run the ball. He had a stronger arm, but he couldn't run the ball. And now it's like you look at him, you're like, well, I mean, he might have a strong arm, but it ain't very accurate. But he can run the damn ball. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's Adrian Martinez running the ball, but he runs the damn ball pretty damn well. Yeah. 100%. So flipping it over to the passing between the two. So Harburg through uh, his time, he's uh, 51% for 278 yards. And Jeff Sims is 58% for 220 yards. Uh, but from what you've seen, who do you feel is a better passer between the two? As long as that touchdown-interception ratio is 4-0 to zero and 1-6 to six or whatever whatever Sims is, 1-3 to three or 4, whatever means the interceptions he's thrown, I'm going Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I think Derek's right. I mean... You look at the the risk reward; it's definitely in the favor of Harburg. Uh, you know, you can't have the interceptions, and the upside that Sims gives you is not greater. 
However, if I was going to say who is a better passer taking away the interceptions, which is a stupid question, but just, hey, if I need to hit an eight-yard slant, who's better? Who can hit a 12-yard? Like, I probably give Sims the edge. Uh, okay, I'll say that. If you're talking less than 10 yards, I'm giving Jeff Sims the edge. Yes. If you're talking more than 10 yards, I don't give either one of them the edge because neither one of them could throw a ball past 10 yards no. accurately. No. And so the, the risk reward is just not there. I mean, it's, it's, you don't get the upside with, you don't get enough upside with Sims throwing. So even if he's slightly better at completing passes, the upside is just not there. He's not, so I think it's, right now, it is a clear, Harburg is the best quarterback on this roster. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, we're going to talk about Michigan Tuesday night, but as of now, you got to go into the week with Harburg as your starter for Michigan, right? There should not be any splitting of reps. Should there be? I look and, and until Michigan comes out and starts destroying us. If that, if that's the case, I'm not saying it will be the case, but if that's the case, then yeah, you have to go with Harburg. I, if it gets to the point to where they're just hitting Harburg too much and we're already down three scores, then okay, fine. Put put Sims in for the rest of the game and see see if that risk is worth it. But as of right now, I, I think you have to go with Harburg. Tanner? I, I mean, I probably agree with you guys. I, I'm still trying to figure out, can we be successful with just Harburg and Anthony Grant? And I, I think we need someone else to take carries. And that's where I think Sims comes in. I think he's probably the third best runner on this team. So I I don't know the answer there. I I am not opposed to doing some sort of two quarterback system. I, I threw that out last week. What what I do think though is if you told me I had to put money on who is starting against Michigan, I don't know who I would bet. Really? Here. You, you want to talk about that, and I, but I want to bring up another guy that I really wish the media would ask about him. What happened to Janner and Bonner? The guy who could do everything that we never see. I don't know. I, I wish the media would ask somebody. I, Is he still what's listed a, what's a deal on the depth chart? Week one, he was like number one fullback, right? Is he even it was, on it was an, I think I think I believe it was an or, but... Yeah, it's an or. It, but but yeah, still we, never, we haven't... Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'll fact check it, but I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. So as we flip over to the defense, because uh, the defense, uh, they did not have a great, uh, they did not have their best game of the year in this game. Uh, but, Tyler, what did you think about the defensive effort? I mean, I, I think largely, you, you you look at this, you know, the t- uh, Louisiana Tech had half their passing yards in the fourth quarter. Um, we again ha- shut down the run, only gave up 46 yards rushing on the day. Uh, the, you know, the, the defense overall, I thought played well. I think the biggest difference this week, as opposed to any other week, this season was the lack of pressure on the quarterback. And I think you really met, miss Cameron Lenhardt out there. Uh, he had become a really good bright spot in the pass rush. Uh, without him, it seemed like we weren't getting after the quarterback as well. The blitzes didn't seem to really be there. It just I, I don't know if it was play calling or what, but it that that was probably the only major negative was the pass rush. Other than that, this defense played well, I thought. And I know that see, the 292 is very jarring for passing yards, but again, 146 of those came in the fourth quarter. It was a backup quarterback, too. 
It was a backup quarterback. It was, but and he play, he played he played well. So he you got to well. give him credit. He yeah. played really well. Uh, Derek, your thoughts. All right. Well, before I go into my thoughts, I'm going to do uh, your little fact check here. And yes, uh, Janer and Bonner is still scheduled or still in the depth chart as an or with leaving for it. Okay. Uh, I, I I thought I felt a little bit like this was the worst the defense has played. So far this year, uh, only only because even at Colorado, what we had we had like seven seven eight sacks against Colorado. Yeah, uh, they did some things that were really good against Colorado. They weren't quite as shut down as I thought they could be in this game. We gave up some third downs that I didn't think we should have given up. Some long third downs. Uh, we did, and, and regardless of what you say, Tyler, we still gave up almost three hundred yards passing. To a backup quarterback, and it still doesn't look good. Uh, rush defense continues to be great. I mean, we give what I think forty six yards rushing. Uh, we're right now uh, number two in the country on rush defense uh, behind James Madison. So I mean, we we did things well. Our tackling in space is so so much improved this year over last year that I it's amazing. To see how much that, that that it's improved, but this is a game that first off, don't think you should have given up fourteen points to a to this team. And I get one of them came after the rain delay, and I don't know what happened at, while that rain delay was going on, but it didn't seem like we came back out prepared to play again. But even though even the first touchdown they got was right after our first touchdown, we had momentum. And we just let them march right down the field. And we ended up giving up our longest run for a touchdown of the day. I I think they could have played better, but it was still a good game. So, Tyler, you're talking about your bold prediction from last week, which you had Emmett Johnson for a TD. Well, this week, my bold prediction was that the defense would get six sacks. We got zero sacks. So... I mean, which is again crazy because PFF credited with one, with one sack, and I don't. Oh, really? But yeah, but all the stats say we had zero. So I, okay. I, I PFF grades as much as I talk about them and I, I go by them, I struggle to understand them sometimes. So, you know that that was kind of a crazy stat: zero sacks. But you know, they sacked us four times. So I never would have bet or never would have guessed in a million years that uh, they would have had more sacks than us. Yeah, I mean, the defense, they played well at times, but they just weren't there. They, they just weren't themselves. My, my stat sheet says that they only had three sacks. but Oh, is it three sacks? Okay. Yeah. But either way, I mean, it still wasn't good. Three sacks for 24 yards. Yeah. Uh, any players that uh, stood out to you there, uh, Tyler? I mean, I think a guy who's come up almost every week we've done this, but Omar Brown. Uh, Omar Brown, is, and I'll throw Singleton in it. Those two in the secondary, I mean, I don't know if either of us had those two as our, maybe our two best weapons in the secondary, and they both appear to be right there. I mean, we all had Hardzog and Newsom, but you're looking at all conference guys, I mean, and and Arzog and Newsom continue to play well, but those two just are difference makers on the field. 
I'm going to go a different route and talk about a guy that I think we, as collectively as fans, have rode off a little bit, and Blaze Gunnerson. He had a good game. That guy had a good game. He had a sneaky good game this game. And I I think everybody kind of wrote him off because of Cam Lenhart. And Cam Lenhart was hurt and didn't play. And Blaze Gunnerson made the most of his opportunity. And, I again, I thought thought he played really well this game. And it wasn't just the stat sheet. I mean, it was – he – he was a he was a tough player for those guys to to stuff that offensive line to take care of. He he was a nightmare for him. It, Nash Hutmacher was was a bit of a nightmare for him as well. But I think we've just come to expect that out of Nash and Blaze Gunnerson. I just he shocked me this week. He stood out to me this week. Well, and, and I, I guess one last name that not necessarily someone that stood out, but one thing that happened on the defense was Luke Reimer goes out in the first half with an injury. Yeah. Street closed the second half. Coaches didn't think it was serious. Yeah, but that scares the shit out of me because the last time they said that, we ended up with two players that are out for the season now. Because they said, well, at least Gabe Irvin, they said it didn't look serious. I don't know. I don't remember what they said about Ramirez Johnson, but. They said it didn't seem that serious with Gabe Irvin. Did, did you guys see the play that he got dinged up in? No. No. I, I, I didn't either. Yeah. So that was a shocker. Fortunately, I think, if it's just Luke Reimer, I mean, he's he is definitely the leader of this defense. Best playmaker on defense. But I still feel like we're in a really good shape at linebacker. If he if he does have to go out for a week or two or even longer, I, I definitely feel like I there, have there's d- there's good there's good depth in that linebacker position. There's yeah, really no question about that. I mean, John Bullock he's playing lights out. He is well, playing really good. He did he didn't grade out well on PFF because he had a couple missed tackles this game. But, uh, yeah, but mo- but most generally speaking, yes, he's playing very. He's well. all over the place. I mean, he's he. he He's a ball hawk. He goes straight for the ball. I mean, uh, he's quick. He is quick. I like I like John Bullock I, a lot. I like John Bullock. I I like Har. I like Henrik. Uh... Nick Henrik. Nick Henrik. There you go. I was getting confused with my quarterback for a minute. Uh, Nick Henrik played a good game. I I think he's been playing well this year. I, all three of them guys have just been. Javin playing. Wright played a lot. Javin Wright played. I mean, he's been playing well this year. Uh, I think the one guy that's been on the probably milk carton the most for me that I expected after hearing so much in the fall was Chief Borders. Yeah, I, I expected to hear more out of him. I just and MJ Sherman. I think he's kind of coming around. Like he's doing a lot better now than he did the first few games. Uh, but Chief Borders is just kind of unheard of right now, and it, it shocks me a little bit after all the talk about him. I want to catch you guys off guard with this question. Who is our best transfer on defense through four games? <laughs> so for our listeners, I'm looking at the cousins through uh, on the computer. And at the same time, they both turned their head. <laughs> they both turned their head. I mean, I mean it was in unison. Wow. It, it's hard to say anything is disappointing about this defense, but that might be the most disappointing thing on the year is defense is the lack of production from any of these transfers. Yeah. Also, I'll, again, I'll say MJ Sherman's coming around. He, so right now I would lean towards him. Yeah, but he would be the best. He's the best of that. But, 
but but yeah, I mean, I mean, that first two games, he was on a milk cart. I get nobody knew what he was doing. I was like, what the what? Where's MJ Sherman? But but if you're ranking, but he's coming, he's coming around. So I, I think he'll continue to improve. But if you're ranking defenders, how many defenders are you putting ahead of MJ Sherman so far this year? I think the other ten. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's that bad, but I mean. Maybe I guess I, I don't, it's, it's tough to say, but I to me here, here here's my thing. This defensive line is. I told you guys to, to start this year. Everybody talked about how bad the defensive line was going to be, and I said I thought there was a lot of potential there, and I think they're proving exactly what I thought they could be. I just wasn't expecting them to reach this much potential as much as they have. I I mean, and again, we'll we'll hit this. And, and it, is Terrence Knighton possibly our best coach right now for position coaches? He's certainly making a like, case for it. I mean that that defensive line has made the biggest turnover of any other position group on this roster to me. Yeah. The linebackers I expect to be good. The defensive backs I expected to be good. But the defensive line I wasn't so sure. Offensive line's not turned around. Tight ends, maybe. I mean Maybe maybe is the other group they could say something, but they're not that huge of a factor in this game, not like the defensive line is. Well, what I will say about the defensive line is they have looked really good, but they are about to get majorly up-leveled in competition coming here in the next couple weeks. Because, you know, and Michigan starting it off, that that is going to be a different weight class than they've been against. And that's the true test. But they've and they played well against Minnesota, who has a – we perceive as a good offensive line, uh, even though not nearly as good as they've been. And Minnesota lost to Northwestern. Again, I, I mean, I can't say I watched that whole game. I can't say I, I woke up and I saw they lost. And when I went to bed, they were up 21 points. So what the hell happened? I don't know. But yeah, I, I just, I think Minnesota, I mean, I, Michigan. I think, I think that was a bet. I, I think that was a bet I lost this weekend. Because I believe I took Minnesota in that game. And it looked really good for a while. All right. Let's, uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about special teams. Uh, special teams, uh, Tristan Alvano missed field goal. He's one for three on the season. Uh, Derek, what do you think of the uh, special teams performance? Well, it went from Ed fucking Foley to. Ed fucking Foley. <laughs> oh, it, Ed. <laughs> I, I, look, I don't know. We're a kicker away from being probably good special teams. Uh, we talked about the uh, the, uh, the return for a touchdown before the podcast. Uh, but that, that kickoff return should have probably been a touchdown. I think it was a bad holding call. Uh, they ended up getting a touchdown on that drive anyway. But... I, you, you just can't have that kind of stuff. The return game isn't as good. Uh, the, the punt return game is abysmal at this point. I I, I thought Billy Kemp would be better back I there, too. and I really did. And it, it's, it's it's he's turning into the fair catch guy again. And kick return or the kickoff returns were okay. I mean, we're we do decent with it. Uh, punters. Doing really well. I think Bushini averaged 45 yards a punt this game. 
if I remember right. Yeah, 45.3 yards per punt. Uh, put five of them inside the 20-yard line. So, I mean, punter's good. Uh, but, but the kicker, I, I'm i wondering if it's time to move on to back to Bleak Road. I, Alvano is one for three on the year. And it's shocking to me that we in four games we've only kicked three field goals. But he's missed two of the three. So I, I think it's time to try something different. I, I'm not trying to crap on Tristan Alvano, but either start making them or you're going to have to sit the bench. Tyler? I mean, I think that the special teams are fine. Derek did a really good breakdown. I think the thing, when I look at the special teams, if Nebraska wants to get seven, eight wins on the year, you know, maybe even make a bowl, something's got to change. And one of the easier paths is to start getting something out of special teams. Because I think we all, you two especially, had higher hopes what the special teams unit was going to bring. And at, at so far this year, I, I was talking to, we talked about this before, I had a different conversation with a buddy, but is it better or worse than last year? It's a negligible difference. And I think we all had aspirations with uh, Bushini returning, with Ed Foley coming in, with the experience that, hey, maybe this could take a step forward. And it definitely has not taken a step forward. I, I, I disagree. I, I still think it's taking a step forward. Because it's not costing us games at this point. Well, last year they didn't cost us last year. Maybe from two years ago or three years ago it was. But I I, I think from year over year. I mean, yeah. It's it's serviceable right now. It's not not hurting us. It's not helping us. I, I think that we probably have more punt return yards through four games this year than what we did all of last year, though. Maybe, but we kicked I, better I, field goals last year. Yeah, we did. I mean, look, I mean, the special teams, I expected a lot more out of the special teams. I thought Billy Kemp was a lot faster than what he is. I thought he would be a more electric punt returner. He did have a punt return for eight yards yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. Uh, I mean, in years past, that's actually a really great punt return. Uh, but, I mean... I, there's they they have their moments, but yeah the the big thing there is uh, the kickoff return allowed for a touchdown. Fortunately, it was called back. Uh, but you, you know what? That has to be in the back of your mind as you evaluate the special teams. If Louisiana Tech, they can do that. I mean, other teams they can uh, get that go the distance too. So uh, I think they're about. The same, I mean, same. They're not better, but they're, I don't so, think they're worse. So just a fact check here, Justin. Last year, uh, they're crediting us with uh, 77 yards return oh. on punt on punt returns. But I will also say Malcolm Hartsog was credited with 30 yards, and I believe that oh, for yeah. a touchdown, and that was on a punt block, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so we have 19 yards so far this year. Okay. Trey Palmer had 36 on four returns okay. last year. So we're on pace to at least surpass that. So. Yeah, not not by much, but... Anyways, special teams, we'll see what, what it's going to look like uh, here against Michigan. It's going to be a bigger test. And 
I don't know. Any, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No? All right. Well, we will be back on Tuesday night to uh, review or preview the Michigan game. That's going to be a fun game. Tyler, are you going to go to that game? No. No? Okay. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Hey, I was at the, nor- the best game of the year so far at Northern Illinois. Yeah, that's true. All right, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to re- rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And as always, go Big Red. You know what I'm saying?